Hello everyone uh, and welcome to our midweek podcast for Mavilla Presbyterian Church. We hope you're keeping well uh, and as we come to the summer uh, midweek podcasts, we're going to continue in this episode uh, as we look at some passages in the book of Exodus. My name is Robert Hamilton. I'm the minister uh, in Mavilla Presbyterian. And over these next weeks, we're going to look uh, at these great stories in the book of Exodus as we look at the picture of God leading and rescuing his people. As we begin, I want to read these uh, well-known words from uh, Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Let us come uh, to God now in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that as we come together, we come together in your name. We look to worship you and we are reminded of your power and glory. You are the one who reigns over all. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the King of Kings. In your great mercy, you have worked out your plan of salvation in your Son, Jesus Christ. This is the news that brings everlasting change to our lives. And as the news of the gospel touches our hearts, we are turned from people in conflict with you to a people in worship of you. Heavenly Father, we come giving you thanks for the work that you have done in our lives. And Lord, we also recognise that our journey in this world is never a straightforward one. There are many times which we let the attraction of this world take hold of us. We seek fulfilment in things that are not of you. And this continually leaves us unfulfilled, frustrated, and starved from the riches you freely give. And so as we come before you, we ask of your forgiveness of those times that we have put our trust in things that are not of you. Your forgiveness is something that we are in constant need of. As we bring ourselves to the foot of the cross, you will continually offer this forgiveness we need. We look to continue in worship of you. We ask that the riches of the gospel may continue to delight and refresh us. And Heavenly Father, we ask these things now in the great and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, before we come uh, to our message uh, in our podcast, we're going to listen to our first item of praise entitled Sovereign Over Us. Within sorrow, there is beauty in our tears. 
We looked at that familiar picture of Moses and the burning bush. And we're going to move things forward a little bit this week as we turn to Exodus chapter 5. As we see Moses and Aaron come back to Egypt. So let me start reading from chapter 5 
verse 1, and we're going to read verse 1 to 9, and then also verse 22, down to uh, chapter 6, verse 2. This is the Word of God, Exodus chapter 5, verse 1. After Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. Pharaoh had said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labour? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are now numerous, and you are stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and foremen in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. But require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the men, so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. And then going down to verse 22. Moses returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see. What I will do to Pharaoh, because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive out, drive them out of this country. And here we end the reading of God's word to us in chapter 6, verse 2. Let us come before God in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are the God who speaks so powerfully through your word. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that as we trust in your name, that we may know real and lasting promises, that we may know a real and lasting change that will happen in our lives. Lord, as we take time now in your word, help us know this in all that we may do. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' loving name. Amen. As we turn to look at this passage, I want you to think of the question, what is in a name? As there is a wedding, um, you see that a new bride would take on a new surname. She would have a new name, a new identity. The change, change that happens when you take on this new name 
As we come to our reading, we see Moses and Aaron going back to Egypt in the name of the Lord. They are going to discover what it means to go in the name of the Lord. As we step back and look at the book of Exodus as a whole, we see that it is what it is showing us. A God who is showing people who he is and what it means to follow him. Two quick examples. In chapter 3 verse 13, Moses asked the Lord, Suppose I go to the Israels and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked, What is his name? What shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are going to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And then in chapter 5, verse 2, Moses replies to Moses with, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord. I will not let Israel go. In these two examples, we see an instance of uncertainty about who the Lord is. Moses is looking to follow the Lord and Pharaoh is looking to oppose him. And by the end of the book of Exodus, these two men will know the name of the Lord. They would experience two very different outcomes. Pharaoh would continue to underestimate who the Lord was, and in the end he will lose his life because of it. While Moses and the Israelites, uh, people will experience the Lord's saving power. Moses will discover who God is through his saving acts. God is self-defining and he is about to provide a definition of his name. That definition is in the Exodus. In the Exodus we see the holiness of God and his judgment on Egypt. We see the power of God and his triumph over Pharaoh and the gods of Egypt. And we see the grace of God in the rescue of his people. God's name is going to have meaning for his children because of what he will do. And in the years that followed, if you had asked the Israelites, who is God? They would have told you a story. And that story would have been of the Exodus. So in this reading, we have experienced many different things in the name of the Lord. And I think we too, uh, the more we follow Jesus, the more we realise that there are many experiences that we go through in the name of Jesus. Some good and some not so good. But in this passage, we, I want to point out three things that we see. First of all, we see opposition to God's purposes. Moses and Aaron have come back to Egypt. They have come in the name of the Lord. And in chapter 4, verses 29 and 31, they have been welcomed well by the people of Israel. We read in verse 31, they believed. And when they had heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Moses and Aaron's first meeting was a success. The Israelites believed. But the next step is to approach Pharaoh. These men were coming in the name of the Lord. Surely everything would go smoothly. But instead of a smooth ride, they would come to see the fierce opposition of Pharaoh. 
Even though Moses says that he comes in the name of a great power that the king of Egypt, Pharaoh is unimpressed. He is unaware of any power that is greater than his. He challenges them and the people of Israel to believe in the name of the Lord. In verse 9, Pharaoh portrays God as a liar. God has promised liberation, but Pharaoh says this is false hope. Pharaoh says make the, the work harder so that they will keep working and pay no attention to lies. The message that God will deliver his people is a lie, says Pharaoh. It's a lie because Pharaoh reigns in Egypt. This is his empire and his word is law. Who is the Lord compared with the mighty Pharaoh? And the point is this. Both God and Pharaoh are looking for Israel to serve them. And the issue is, who will they serve? We can see what's happening here. Pharaoh is comparing himself with God. He is challenging him to respond. And all the time, God is setting up the showdown that will reveal his name. So when at the start of chapter 6 God replies to Pharaoh's defiance with the statement now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. We see the battle lines being drawn. God and Pharaoh are on a collision course and this conflict is not so much between Egypt and Israel as between Pharaoh and the Lord with Israel as the prize. The first thing that God's people experience is an opposition to his purposes. And as we follow Jesus, we are a people who are involved in spiritual warfare. But also, as you read through this passage, we see discouragement when serving God. As Pharaoh puts a challenge out and forces of the Israelite and forces the Israelites to believe in which power is greater, Pharaoh or the Lord. We see in verses 15 to 23 that the belief of the people are weak. It is summarized in chapter 6 verse 9. Moses reported this to Israelites but they did not listen to him because their discouragement and cruel bondage. The excitement in chapter 4 verse 31 has turned to despair in such a short period of time. The delay in the fulfillment of God's promises reveals his people's hearts. When they were promised blessing, they were excited. But when they realised that they were in trouble, they started to complain about God. The delay tests them. Their complaining displays that they too do not know God. Do you know, for us, as we come uh, to church on Sundays or we meet with God's people, we are given the opportunity to affirm, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. And this is well and good, but we do not actually know that we truly believe in such a God until we face trials, until we face experiences which suggest that he is far from Almighty and pretty unfatherly. For testing uh, has its place and purpose in our lives. It applies not only to the outward trials of adversity and difficulties, but also to individual realities of our hearts and the ceaseless war, uh, warfare 
of spiritual life. We are people to expect difficulties and trials. As we think that, uh, at, this, at this time about what it means to follow Jesus in our lives, we are to recognise that discouragements will be part of this journey. We will meet opposition and more often than not, it will lead to discouragements. Why have discouragements? It makes us go back to the Lord. Look what Moses does. If when we meet discouragements on our journey, we look to ourselves, we would certainly continue to beat ourselves up, to try harder to do better in the future. However, as people who have the Lord to follow, we are to bring our discouragements to him. This is exactly what Moses does, as you see in verses 22 and 23 of chapter 5, when Moses returned to the Lord. And then thirdly, we see the reassurances from God. What does Moses receive from the Lord as he returns to him? He is not cast away because he is not strong enough. He is reassured. Just look down if you're looking at the passage at first at first eight verses in chapter six. For four times in these verses we have the words, I am the Lord. For repetition is the key. Moses needs to be reminded of who is on his side. It's not an easy answer, but we see the Lord's reassurance to Moses. If you take, uh, if you recognize who the Lord is, we recognize the greater power. With the Lord's reassurance to Moses does not stop there. If you take another look down those verses, you will read what the Lord is going to do. Verse six in chapter six: I will bring you out up, uh, out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Again, verse 6, I will free you from the slaves, from being slaves. Verse 6 again, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with mighty acts of judgment. Verse 7, I will take you as my own people. Verse 7, I will be your God. Verse 8, I will bring you to the land I swore with an uplifted hand to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob. Or say it again, I will give it to you as a possession. Moses has experienced the harshness of Pharaoh's actions. But he comes to see the caring, restorative actions of the Lord. This speech in Exodus 6 is a key statement of intent for the whole Bible story. The great history of God redeeming us from slavery to sin and death so that we might be his people. Living in this new world, he redeems us to be his people, so we can trust him to love, lead and care for us. He is the Lord who redeems his people. The Israelites in Egypt are about to experience the rescue of the living God. And as we look to worship God, we know we can do so because he has rescued us. In the story of the Exodus, we see how God uses Moses, the man, to lead his people out of the slavery of Egypt 
and to the entrance of a, a promised land. The story of Exodus is a rescue story. A story of a God who rescues his people. And as we look at the big Bible storyline, we see how God looks to rescue his creation from the grip of sin. He has done this by sending another man, this time his only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came into this world, lived the life that we could not. He taught the things of God and looking for people to follow him. And then the powers of this world arrested, punished him for all for our rescue. He went to the cross. He was brutally killed for the sins of the world. And he descended into hell for three days and rose victorious. He paid the price that we could not. In the words of 1 Peter chapter 3, Christ died for sin once for all to bring us to God. The rescue has been done. And this is our Exodus story. He is still the same God for us today. A God who works through situations that we think are impossible. In a a book called Knowing God, it says these words, If you're struggling to obey God, you don't need more willpower. You need to know God more. The book of Exodus is a revelation of the name of God, of the character of God, so that we might know him better. So pray as you read it. Delve deep into its pages, not just to get more information, but so that you might encounter God. Through our journeys, we will experience great difficulties. But in the name of Jesus, our destiny is sure. We may have, uh, we may meet uh, and experience opposition and discouragements. But as we go in the name of the Lord, we will continually to be reassured. As we close, let me leave you with these words of Jesus. For uh, as Uh, One of his disciples, Peter, asked him, is it worth it? Is it really worth it following you? Jesus replied with these words in Matthew chapter 19. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. This is the promise of God for each one of us. Let us go in the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Lord, you are the one who is in control. And for this we are so thankful. Help us to follow you in every situation that we may face. This week we pray that the joy of the Lord will be our strength. And as we go in your name, may we know of great reassurance every step of the way. And we ask this now in the great and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let us listen now to our second item of praise. My worth is not in what I own. Mm -hmm. 
not in the strength of flesh and bone, but in the costly wounds of love at the cross. My worth is not in skill or name, in win or lose, in pride or shame, but in the blood of Christ that flowed at the cross. I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. I will trust in Him, no other, my soul is satisfied in Him alone. summer floods we fade and die fame youth and beauty hurry by but life eternal calls to us at the cross i will not boast in wealth or might or human wisdom's fleeting in knowing Christ at the cross. I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. I will trust in Him, no other. My soul is satisfied in Him alone. As we close our time, we're going to take just a little while in prayer for others, as we always do. And as we do that, let me read these words from Isaiah 46, the Lord's words. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all you who remain in the house of Israel, you whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried you since your birth. Even to your old age and grey hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you 
I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. This is the God who we come before in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in our lives so often we can feel that we are doing it all on our own. However, as we come before your word, we are shown that you go before us. You uphold us. You carry us. You sustain us. So often we look to take things on ourselves rather than bring them before you. And in these moments, we look to bring before you the matters happening in our world, in our lives, and in those around us. Lord, we bring before you our world through these days. As we look at our news channels, we are so aware of the unstable state of our world. We pray that your name may be known throughout this world. For leaders of different countries who look to direct their government, we ask that your name may be real to them. That these people may know of your power and glory as they make important decisions. And for those in our world who are suffering, in particular those who are in lands of conflict, we ask that they may know of the living hope that you give and that you may bring peace to their circumstances. Lord, we pray for those in real need at this time and ask that they may uh, turn to you to meet that need. Heavenly Father, we pray for those, Lord, uh, who are continuing uh, to face great battles through these days. Asking, Lord, that they may know of your strength and your power in all that they do. Lord, we bring before you our own country at this time. We pray for our leaders. We pray for those making very uh, big decisions through these days. And we ask that you may give them wisdom and humility for the journey ahead. Above all, we ask uh, that our country may reflect values that are of you. Lord, help us love one another as you have first loved us. Help us put the needs of others before our own. Help us to have no other gods before us than you, the living God who has made known to us your work. Lord, we want to bring before you our young people through these days also, asking, Lord, that they may know of what it means to trust in you in their young lives. Lord, we pray for many, Lord, who feel burdens. We pray for those who are frustrated or are finding things difficult, asking that they may know of your goodness and love through these days. And Heavenly Father, we also bring before you one another. We thank you that you do not call us to journey in this world isolated from one another, that we are a community brought together under your name, and we pray that each of us may know of your grace and love uh, to each to each one of us this day. We pray especially for those who are hurting at this time for one reason or another. For those mourning the loss of loved ones. 
for those battling health concerns, for those experiencing great anxiety at this time. We asked that we all may know uh, and what it means to trust in you through all that we may face. That we may know what it means to you, the God who has rescued us and sustains us through all of life's journeys. In every situation that we may face in life, we look to face them with you, our loving Heavenly Father. And we ask all these things now. In Jesus' loving name. Amen. May you know the rich blessing of God with you throughout your week ahead. And we close together with the words of the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.